It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. Tonight we're reviewing the AE Dynamite. AE <laughs> Fucked up already. That's all right. AEW Dynamite for November 4th, 2020. And I just want to say we didn't do our podcast last week. And that was because I had an allergic reaction. To I'm, mango. I'm allergic to mango and cashews. And uh, yeah. I think there was some cross-contamination. It hurt to even talk. My illustrious co-host was out of action with a closed-up throat. Yeah. Uh, it was Benadryl City for her for a few days. Yeah. And trust me, you don't want me just ranting and raving on this thing alone. So God, no. Uh-uh, you don't even want me on here <laughs> with, as your co-host at the time. But you allow it, and for that, I'm forever grateful. So with that said... Wait, I just want to say about last week's episode, though... I feel like it. You could really tell like what made an impact on an episode like a week later. What you still remember from it? All I really remember from last week's episode is goddamn that Kenny Omega Pentagon match. Very good match, and that's all I'll say about it. I feel like that's all that needs to be said. I'll say a little bit more. What? Kenny Omega, as you've pointed out on several occasions, is a treat, mm-hmm. and he should be kept as such. Maybe he's overexposed. Maybe they need to build him up as a special attraction. But we'll get a little more into that yeah. later in the show. That was a fucking amazing match, though. And if you watched that Dynamite and you did not enjoy that Kenny Omega Penta match, that I think you might just not enjoy professional wrestling. I, I'm going there. I'm going to say that. I thought you were going to say, I got two words for you. What? Fuck off. Or, or suck it. Why would you think I would say that? I've never said that. I know. I'm just saying. Like I mean, I've this never is, said that. This talk radio, baby. You got to get the catchphrases. That's no. What... I have a couple. What you got? Uh, chef's kiss. Sometimes, but I just want to say I don't remember who was the dud last week, but Kenny Omega was a stud of last mm-hmm. week. That's all you need to know. But we got to get into this week. So we open up with MJF and Wardlow. Versus Ortiz well, and Well, you Sammy. didn't start at the beginning. We start the show with Jericho congratulating Hager on his Bellator win. And I just gotta say, who gives a fuck? Like, I get, Some people give a fuck. Who? I, you know, I get Jericho and, and Hager are both big fucking... What? I don't... I, I feel like there's a time I would have cared because I used to be really into MMA. There, first of all, Hager was on the fuck. He wasn't even on the main show. That's hard to get on the main show. Yeah, but I mean, they're building him out like, oh, he's an undefeated. Oh, he just had a oh big. Oh my god! I can't believe you're sitting here doing a podcast shitting on someone for winning a fight. I am, cause I mean, I want to see someone beat your ass. Let him fucking try. Cause <laughs> I've got, a, I've got a gun, and I. Uh, oh yeah. Big man. Big, Big man. man. Oh, my God. All right. Some well. people care. MJF comes out, interrupts. Jericho calls him soft. And I also want to say, um, we had the crowd singing Judas, and that was a lively crowd. It was we're, a lively We were back crowd. to a live crowd. I it appreciate that. It was very that. lively. I was like, God damn, they really sang that song. It adds. It adds to my enjoyment as a viewer at home. Yeah. So we do have the MJF Wardlow versus Sammy and Ortiz. And I just have to say this whole inner circle MJF situation doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Number one, 
why is there this split between supposedly the people who are going to give him a chance? See, I thought it was just Jericho. They left it in my head that Jericho was the only one who was saying, oh, well, maybe he could earn his way in. And everyone See, else no, Santana and Hager were kind of on board, too, last were week. They? Well, that's just how, how much I was invested yeah, in last so, week. Oh, so you're bitching about something you didn't pay attention to. I'm, I'm going to bitch about you in, in, in five seconds. But uh, I, I guess that was instant. It wasn't five seconds. But no. What's your point? My, my, Here's what I want to say about it. It doesn't make sense. Oh, that's what happened last week to fucking Town Hall. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that. <laughs> Why? That was last week. People didn't, aren't listening to this to hear what happened last week. I, well, fine. Then it's the big picture thing where if you had told me a month ago that I would be not into an MJF Jericho program, I've called you a fucking asshole. I would you're totally you're copying me. That's what I said to you. Hey, you know I what? said the idea. If you had told me before, seriously that that wouldn't be the best goddamn program. I would think that's crazy. Well. I didn't like the singing. I didn't like the dancing. I sure as hell didn't like the town hall. The town, ta- okay. The, 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 the little bit that they did, I can kind of see what they were going for. The town hall was a fucking dud. And you know what? When M- and, and here's the thing. When MJF was doing his whole we deserve better thing when he was the challenger for the title, there were some people who are kind of shitting on that as, oh, that's on the fucking nose. But you know what? I liked it. It fit with his character. People didn't like that? Some people didn't like that. I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was a great fucking move for that him. That was such good promo work, too. Like, I was convinced that MJF could actually win. And that wasn't the case with any of Moxley's other previous contenders. But with this whole town hall thing, it's like, oh, okay, so are you just going to copy every fucking thing that happens with the election? Like, if we have a recount... Uh, like, that's... are you going to have a recount angle in two fucking weeks now? Like, I mean, it, it's just a bit much. I, I, that's not even what bothers me. I'm okay with it being, like, slightly topical and whatever. It's just, like, none of it made sense. Like, um, what's his name? The fucking dinosaur. Luchasaurus. Oh, yeah. Luchasaurus, like, having a question. Oh, and... What's and, so odd to me? Like, why? What does and, this mean? And Reba and Britt Baker, you know, mainly Reba, but still kind of a little bit Britt, like, acting like a couple of fucking fangirls. Yeah, like so weird. That's your top fucking heel in your company, and she's gonna be there like a fucking giggling schoolgirl? Yeah. That just... Ex- the that, the whole a- thing didn't make sense. The, the I mean, it's whatever. I don't care. I, to me, it didn't make sense. I didn't like it. And I'll didn't we it. already do the Eric Bischoff thing? Like, I don't mind him popping up. I don't mind him popping up, but this is like, okay, so what? Is he going to be the fucking surprise on every... Maybe I'm being a little bitchy now, but... You're being bitchy. Let's move on. All right, moving on with my bitch ass. So with this match, I mean, I fucking love Sammy. I love Ortiz. MJF's great. Wardlow... I'm coming around to Wardlow. Wardlow, yeah, actually, yeah. I never thought I'd be thinking Wardlow's great, but the pride of Cleveland. Oh, when we were naming Cleveland wrestlers the other day, I forgot Johnny Gargano, which is like, he's like the most proud of being from Cleveland, and I forgot his ass. But yeah, I mean, there's good people in the match. Sammy was doing some crazy shit. 
He's going to, and you made this point. Okay, I'm giving you credit, so don't call me out. What? You made the point that he's going to fucking kill himself. I didn't say that. You did. Did you? No, you okay, said you know that, what? not me. You, you mentioned that, okay, yeah, you had mentioned that Keith Lee is going to paralyze himself. I said Sam. I was just himself. mentioning something that had nothing to do with it. But yeah, oh, those thoughts God. were just so, I, I mean, I'm they sure awesome. they were very calculated and they were very awesome. But it really did seem like, God damn, when is this guy just going to fucking take that wrong bump? And Why just... are you fucking cursing him like I'm that? I'm not cursing him. I don't want that to happen. I'm not like the fucking, <laughs> this isn't Stephen King's thinner. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. All right, shut up. Matt Hardy is in the crowd dressed as Serpentico. He hits Sammy with a chair. Whaps him. Ortiz gets put in the salt of the earth and taps out. And then MJF comes up. Oh, yeah, Jericho's a commentary. Forgot to mention that. Jericho's a commentary. MJF comes up and attacks him at commentary. So there's that. I I think Jericho honestly could eventually transition to be a commentary guy. I, I think he's going for that. I don't love him as an active like upper level heel constantly on commentary because i feel like his role on commentary sometimes is at direct odds with him as a character when like he puts over like i feel like he's trying to put over everyone which is the job of a commentator but as a heel character, like, you wouldn't give credit to anyone. Like, you would you would not do that. No, you want to give credit to people. Do you? Yeah, he made a point about this one time. Like, it doesn't make sense, like, say you're in a program with someone to say they suck. Like, you want them to sound good so when you beat them, you're even better. Hmm. You don't want to put down everybody. I think you're being real fucking nitpicky, and I feel like we need to move on. Picking them nits. So then we have an interview. Tony Schiavone is talking to Kenny. Kenny needs to be like, he needs to ramp up the shitbag level by like 70%. He needs to get to where he was in New Japan. And you made this point. My point is I feel like Kenny has a cooler persona when there's a bit of mystery to him. And I just feel like uh, AEW has killed the mystery. I feel like it would be so cool if Kenny was just like this treat. Who popped up sometimes. And Kenny is a treat. Kenny's always a treat. I'm not denying that. But his persona is what I'm worried about. I just feel like he's been goofy for like a year now. And now, like, he has to build up this cool guy persona. And it just, like, works better in New Japan when there's, like... You know, there's not, like, a show every week and he's on BTE and... You know what I mean? Has he been on BTE? Lately? I don't think he's been on the past two. Well, that's smart. No, that's definitely smart. I feel like that's part of it. Like, we need some more mystery out of Kenny. Because I just feel like he's cooler that way. He, he want to be that cool anime character guy. In New Japan, he was part of a faction. I mean, and he was... And, you know, I know he's coming out with this new entrance now. And it was just different in New Japan because he was in the leather jacket. He had the glasses. He was just this fucking 
you know, a bad boy, apologies to Joey Janela, but, you know, now it's like, oh, I get it. There are two girls with brooms, and I'm not mad at that, but... It's That's what got, I was going to say. I'm not mad at it, but it's I'm not evolve. excited either. It's, it's got to evolve. Like, one week, he's got to come out and just be, like, the fucking man. You know what I mean? I want him to be the cool anime character guy. The Where? cool, like, quiet, mysterious, anti-hero... Yeah, where's that Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII cosplay with the one wing? Literally, his fucking finisher. I want him to go finisher. crazy. I want him to be crazy. You know, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It may be building up to it. It has to be. because I hope so. I couldn't see this Kenny with this entrance and this attitude as, you know, champion. And that's where we're headed. I hope. And I'm, you know, I'm glad to see it. Like, I mean, I would be thrilled to see Kenny as champion. Yeah. All right. I- we got to move on. This is going to be a long-ass podcast. All right, all right. We have our second match of the night. We got Trent come out with the best friends Ugh. versus Miro in his first singles match. He comes out with Kip and Penelope. And I just want to say, okay, so FTR puts Trent's head through a video game machine. Miro's pissed. The whole thing was stupid. So they come up with a storyline. that The reason he's so mad uh-huh. is not because he's a freaking moron. The reason he's mad is because it was a wedding gift from him to Kip and Penelope, which is so lame of an excuse to be mad about a broken video game. <laughs> and also, it's like, well, if it was your gift to Kip and Penelope, why are you madder than Kip and Penelope? Mm. Wasn't it theirs? It's just the weakest, the weakest excuse. <laughs> I have ever for a fucking program. I hate this angle. I hate it so much. So I love the best friends. They deserve oh, hell yeah. better. I would even argue uh, Penelope definitely deserves better. I would argue that Kip doesn't deserve Nero better. deserves better. Yeah. All of them combined in this shit tornado of an angle. <laughs> This is trash. This is goofy fucking... Oh, I want to say something good. I got a, I got a good point. So on here, they were talking... Do ya? To... Oh my god. Alright. Fucking... They were talking about how Miro was Trent's young boy. One young boy. Which I'm glad they explained to me is like a New Japan thing where it's like you're like the little helper boy to your mentor... And Beretta, who was Trent in New Japan, was Miro's, like, mentor. His kohai. Wouldn't that... Okay. Would that not have been a way better reason for them to have a program where it was, like, Miro thinks that he has evolved beyond his mentor and now he wants to defeat him? Yes. Did I not just come up with a fucking reason for this program that's a thousand times better than it currently is? Coward Tony Khan, hire <laughs> this woman. <laughs> I mean, it's that easy. Maybe they'll they'll realize how lame this is and kind of evolve it in that direction. After they listen to this podcast, they will. Yeah, they will. Tony Khan, you stupid idiot. I know Tony Khan is one of the four people listening to this podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, what the... Okay, so Justin's announcing them out in the ring. Miro interrupts Justin to say that Trent's mom didn't teach him manners, and you don't fucking talk about Trent's mom, which is cute. I'm not mad at that. 
Hey, hey, Miro. I keep on calling Miru. <laughs> Miru. Miro, no one taught your wife. Oh, manners. no. Where are you going with this? Because she cucked you with Bobby Lashley. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely real life. It's still real to me. Damn it. <laughs> so. How, how, how long till. All right, I'm not even going to go there, but. I'm going to talk about the match. There we go. Chuck and Kip are fighting on the side. They fight off into the back. Penelope, this is what I thought was interesting. Penelope goes to follow and Orange blocks her. And Jericho called her trash. No, I would think when he said trash, he was talking about Orange Cassidy. But it sounded like he said it to her. And what reinforces to me was commentary one. Oh. Can I just say, I, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Was he talking about Orange Cassidy or Penelope? I think... He was talking about Orange Cassidy, but I also think that commentary misinterpreted it, oh. and it just was this weird disconnect. So Okay, that was so weird. Honest flaw, but it's one of those things. Okay. So, and then when it was on commercial in Picture in Picture, Dark Order comes out and attacks Orange Cassidy, and the, the match kind of ends with Trent... He goes to the top rope and slips off. And I don't know if that was like an actual slip or if it was intentional. But he goes right into that submission, the game over, I guess. And taps out. So then it turns into this four-person clusterfuck. Well, Nero um, grabs the mic. Talks about... Talks about Trent's mom again. And Orange Cassidy drops from the top buckle. And, uh... Meh. I mean... Moving on. I, I You know, <laughs> I, I, and the thing is, I like most of the people involved in this. I, I think, don't. And, and I'm noticing, what, what, really? I only like best friends. I like best friends. I like Penelope. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know. I mean. I like. They, I they would like ha- to, I think Penelope's good, but I don't know. They don't let her fucking do anything. Let, let her cut a promo. Because, I mean, I feel, I mean, she's got Or the, wrestle a match. She can wrestle. Like, Let's do something. I've seen bad matches with her, though, but I don't know. When you see a bad match, sometimes I don't know who really is to blame, but... It's fucking Coward Tony to blame. <laughs> don't go hard on Tony. I'm going hard. <laughs> He's a billionaire. He can take it. That's true. So then we go to a, uh interview between JR and uh, Hangman Adam Page. I J- don't know about this. JR made it compelling. He, he did. JR does that. He turns out he's good at this. And it's funny. Who you, knew? You get some of these fucking twits on Twitter who fucking complain about JR, whether, ooh, he's out of touch or, ooh, he's a relic of a, a bygone time. But I think he's evolved pretty well. Yeah, he, he tries, damn it. He's not I mean, Jim Cornette. Every once in a while, he'll say something. I'm like, oh, JR. But that's how I feel about it. It's like that fucking uncle or something that's like, every once in a while. You love your that uncle, but every once in a while he says something. And that's the like, difference. Eh. JR's not that uncle. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Uncle fucking Dan. He's a fucking racist piece of shit. No, it's, oh, that's, that's, that's Uncle... Uncle... It's Uncle Jr. and sometimes he says some cringy shit. But he he's willing to learn. So and he's fucking amazing at at what he does. Yeah, he always tells these fucking hilarious stories that cracks everyone the fuck up. So <laughs> yeah, in th- in this scenario, he's a great uncle. He's a good he's, he's a good <laughs> uncle. I wish that uncle was my dad. Um, 
you know they go really hard on the on the adam page drinking thing here and you know mm-hmm. what page really showed like some vulnerability here he's good and if you had told me at the first all out that i would be sitting here riveted at a at, at the concept of hangman going through this arc and eventually becoming world champion i, I mean could you imagine no no. But but here we fucking are. So. Uh, yeah, that was it was short, but it was compelling and it was well done. That was a good interview. A plus. So then we get to the replacement match for the Sean Spear. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You whoa, skipped whoa, whoa, a whoa, bunch whoa, of shit. What, what, what did I skip? First of all, there's a little video package. Young Bucks talking about FTR Young Bucks and the little build up. Oh and, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I, I have two things I want to say about that real quick. I don't know where they did it. It was like on a podcast or something. FTR was bitching about the build-up to their match with the Young Bucks and how it's, like, not meeting people's expectations. And I just feel like, does this is this not the company that gives you creative freedom? If you don't like the build-up to your match, is that not... Is that not a 50-50 your fault? And I'm going to make a point here. They're not only getting creative freedom, as everyone in AEW does... They're in a match with two of the EVPs of the fucking company. So it's not like, oh, yeah, they're being crunched for time. They're not being given proper bill. Like, they show up on ev- They're on every dynamite. Yes. So if there's not and a maybe, build up to your liking, whose fault is that? And maybe I'm being worked. Like, maybe this is a fucking uh, tactic that they do. Because I, I think they try to that board That doesn't make sense as a tactic to me. Why would you be going places and saying, like, you know, this isn't living up to people's expectations? What's what's the good that comes from from that? Are they trying to lower people's expectations? Maybe. I, I don't understand what the strategy would be for, for talking shit. I also don't understand, like, the dynamic. Like, I disagree with you as far as, like, the Young Bucks not working as heels. I think... I think they... It doesn't work for me. But why are they doing this now when they're in a program with FTR? Like... Why did they become heels when they're about to fight the heels? Yeah. I don't know. Like, of all times to do that. I like, know. have them win off of FTR and then become pieces of shit. You know, like... You know when we watched the first episode of Dynamite and it came out with Kenny and they were so happy and good and... They were such babies back then. I want back the excited, optimistic, having a good time Young Bucks. And I want to know what's going on behind the scenes to where that's not happening. Yeah. Can I blame Cody for this too? Blame Cody and and TK. And fucking Brandy. What does she have to do with it? Fucking Yoko. (laughs) What the hell does that even mean? It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything. I just Don't bring Yoko into this. All right. Also, another thing you skipped was Taz comes out. This was very good. Taz comes out with Team Taz. Taz is talking about how he can't get any time with Tony Khan backstage to talk about why the fuck Cage and Starks don't have a match Saturday. Which is, like, crazy to me because Cage apparently is ranked one. I don't look at the rankings. How? How is that possible? That he's one? Yeah. 
because he's only lost once. But how is Cage number one? I, I, and not have a match Saturday? So, there's that. And then Starks is not even ranked. And I'm a, I think Ricky Starks is fucking phenomenal. Ricky Starks is uh, 21st century rock. I, f- I honestly feel that way. So, they don't have a match Saturday, which is crazy. And they're all pissed about it. And they said that they will be there. They don't have a match, but they'll be there Saturday. I absolutely want to see them cost Cody (laughs) that fucking cosplay belt so it becomes an actual championship. It becomes a real boy. The actual mid-card championship. The other thing here is... um, And... Tell me what you think about this. What? Between... What? uh, You're taking too long. No, I'm not. This is going to be a long-ass podcast. What? Do you think maybe they're talking a little too much about Tony Khan to where, like, you kind of have this fear that he's about to become, like, an on-screen authority figure and they're about to go down that well? I have never once thought that. Well, maybe you think that. Maybe other people have thought that, but I've never once thought that. I just think... I I don't know. I just feel like at one point, Tony Khan's gonna... Something's gonna click in his head, and he's gonna be like, oh, shit. I could be on TV. I could be Vince McMahon. (laughs) I mean, maybe, but if that's your point, you need to get to it fast. Hey, you know what? Because you just took 10 minutes to say that. No, it wasn't. It was like 30 fucking seconds. I say it in my own time. With long pauses. Nobody's got time for that. I don't have time for your shit. And maybe you think that, but I've never once thought that. Do you think that? Let us know in the comments below. Moving on. Hey, you need to stop moving around because you're creaking the thing. All right. So then we have what I guess is the replacement match. What the hell happened with that? Who? What match was replaced again? It was Scorpio Sky versus um, Sean Spears. And there was some... One of them was exposed to someone with COVID... Um, so it wasn't a confirmed case, but, you know, better safe than sorry. So instead, we get this other match that I'm not excited about. Uh, Private Party versus Young Bucks in a, um, on, you know, on social media, they hype it up as this, you know, rematch from when Private Party beat them a year ago in an upset. I didn't even know they hyped it up on social media. Yeah, yeah. So... I, I don't know. I mean, it was, a, it was a good match. So they come out with Matt Hardy. Sammy Guevara comes out and attacks Matt Hardy. Um, throughout the whole match, um, Matt Jackson is still limpy. Uh, I mean, they have a good match. I'm not sure if they had a good match because I didn't 100% pay attention to it. Um, not that I think they're bad. It's just like this match for me just feels like... It has absolutely no meaning, and it's really hard for me to get into a match if there's, like, no meaning to it. Because otherwise, you would just watch MMA. Like, I mean, if you didn't care about, like... But even then, you kind of want to know what the backstory is. Yeah, but... In <laughs> and a, what the drama is. In wrestling, you expect a narrative. And here, it was just a... Let's throw them on the card. I thought it'd be better if they used this extra time to do, like, more video packages and promos about the matches coming up Saturday. But, I mean, that's just what... I mean, I guess I shouldn't be playing show producer either. Sure you should. Why do you keep scratching? 
Why are you talking about that on the stream? Because they're going to be able to hear it. Ooh. Okay. Well, sorry for scratching like a fucking eight. Okay. And then, uh, so Young Bucks win with a BTE trigger. And that's that. And then I didn't make any note about it, but FTR comes out and attacks them. And then who should come out to make the save but the last person I'd expect? Hangman Adam Page. Oh, yeah, that actually was pretty cute when he came out. But the whole time they were being attacked, I kept saying, where's Kenny? Where's Kenny? Well, Kenny's ass came out after Hangman saved them. Yeah. Um, And then you had that little bit of uh, tension build between him and Hangman. Yeah, that was like weird tension build because one second they're like fist bumping. And then it looks like they're going to hit each other. And then they're like nodding at each other. And commentators are like, oh... You know, they're doing the best they can. They're like, you know, oh, well, he, Hangman's saying, don't turn your back on me. Oh, but I, yeah. I don't think he actually said that. I don't think he said that. All right. So then we come to the good part of the show. Oh, you're underselling this. Oh, I haven't, I haven't even begun. I'm just saying that in general, this is the, the good part of the show. I'm not prepared to say this is the best promo I've ever seen in wrestling i am but it is certainly the best promo i've seen since the attitude era easily well let's paint them a little picture we got tony Schiavone in the ring kingston comes out mox comes out and uh it begins i don't like i don't even like mm. really want to describe it because mm. i feel like if you care about professional wrestling in any capacity, you need to see this this exchange between them because I've never seen anything like it. This is a the note I put down here was this was a horror show in a good way. Yeah, like I started writing, I actually wrote some of what was said, but I don't I don't even want to it it belittles it to even try to quote it. I'm not going to try to quote any of it. They, like, Kingston was insane. He was a Moxley's face. Moxley. Oh. This is going to be in 15, 20, 30 years from now. This is going to be remembered on the same level as Austin 316. Um, I... Honestly, I was going to say the CM Punk pipe bomb, but I don't even think that does it justice. I think this is this is going to be remembered on the same level as the 316 promo. Like, just that spontaneous moment where you're like, holy fuck. I've never seen anything so riveting, so intense, and so real in a wrestling promo. It was amazing. It was terrifying. And again, I started writing like some quotes and I immediately stopped because I could not take my eyes away from the goddamn television screen. I'll, I'll try to describe it a little bit. Um, so Moxley comes out pissed off and the stipulation here is that Tony Khan made the, the uh, another mention of Tony Khan tonight, which, you know, I mean, that that's why I kind of come up with that conspiracy theory. But he makes the stipulation that if they lay hands on each other tonight, the match is canceled. Um, so they come out, they go nose to nose in the ring. 
and Eddie Kingston tells John Moxley, pointing at uh, the championship belt, that he's going to tell his mother after he wins that this is the reason he he never gave her a grandchild because this is all that matters to him. Why do you look that inside? Because I didn't want to try to quote it because I feel well, like... Well, I have to quote it because this is a recap show, so I, I kind of want you to go into... Yeah, a... but you can't, you can't do it justice. You're right. You're absolutely right. If you don't... If you don't go back to watch any other segment... I'm sure the clip will be up on YouTube. ...this year, go back and watch this segment on YouTube. This is history in the making. This is honestly the greatest professional wrestling promo of, what, the past 20 years? Uh, yeah, I just feel like Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are on a whole completely... Another level, and what I love about this also is Eddie Kingston brings out the best in John Moxley. He absolutely does. Nobody brings out this quality of John Moxley like him. I mean, I don't want this program to ever end, honestly. I absolutely, and you know what? I mean, let's be honest. Eddie Kingston has some limitations. In the, you know, like, you know, in the... In wrestling. Yeah. Physical wrestling. His ability to go. I would not be mad at a short but intense Eddie Kingston as champion run. That would make me, honestly, so happy. If they... That would make me so happy. And I don't think this is going to happen, but if... They legit, like, if they dropped the title to Eddie Kingston, even on some fuckery at full gear, and then gave it back to Mox in time for Revolution, I would be happy with that. Yeah. He doesn't need to keep it for a long time, but he should get a run. Okay. All right. That's it. Go fucking watch it. Or you're... Please do. If you... You know it, like I'm not even gonna say you're an idiot if you don't. If you don't, you're just hurting yourself. You are abs. You are depriving yourself. <laughs> you are doing yourself a disservice if you do not watch this segment because this was honestly the greatest thing I have seen in pro wrestling for the past five, ten years. Oh, more than that. More than that. It may not be, I mean, you know, matches are matches, but this segment, this promo, this, this is going to stand the test of time and I'm, I'm done talking about it, but this is, I can't say enough good things. A, yeah, I think I'm about to give this our first triple triple chef's kiss. Yeah, definitely. All right. Probably won't be another one ever again. So now we go on to... uh... (laughs) Another thing I liked. Pac is back. Please, oh my god, Pac. Find a way over here. Because AEW needs you. AEW needs Pac. It needs legitimate heels. There is a void that he needs to come fill. So he has a little video about how he's been in seven months of isolation. So he's like crazy. And there are little packs all around him on the couch. Yeah. He's like, there's no one to play with. <laughs> yeah. It He's was, losing his mind. It was it was short, 
It got to the point. It was entertaining. It was perfect. Thank you. Please come back. AEW needs you. Pack Loved it. MJF. Eddie Kingston, honestly, which honestly, I didn't think I was going to say that. But those are like the legitimate heels at this point that I believe could be a threat to John Moxley. Brody Lee? Nah, not. And, and you know what? Part of that is that, you know, we kind of keep track of like the meta stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But. I, I just knew he wasn't going to drop to Brody Lee. I knew he wasn't going to drop to Jake Hager. But those three, I feel like, oh, shit, you may actually drop the belt to them. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing to be a fan of because in MMA, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter who the fuck it is because one weird punch and it, it, it doesn't matter. But... Here, you kind of know who's going to win, who isn't. Are you explaining to the audience how professional wrestling works? No. I, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I'm having a fucking conversation here, man. Alright, we need to move on. Alright, let's move on. So then we go to the back where Morvez is talking to the natural nightmares. Oh, I hate this horse shit so, so much. And I, I just want to say before this... I'm a massive Dustin Rhodes fan. Dustin's I feel like I always great. have to say that. Dustin deserves better. Dustin, so, Dustin's another guy, and, and I'm sorry to irritate you. You keep I, interrupting me. But I would not be angry at seeing Dustin Rhodes get a gold watch world title run down the road. Yeah. Okay. So next week they get a match with Butcher and the Blade. And the, uh, Dustin's talking and Allie comes over. Jesus. To throw credit cards at uh, QT and tell them they're maxed out. And then Butcher and Blade attack them. What the fuck was that? Like I don't know. I don't give a rat's ass about it. And I'm ready to move on. What the f- <laughs> Like, seriously, uh, who your, cares? Your, your credit cards are maxed out, loser? Like, what the fuck is this? Like... I don't even... Like, seriously, like I don't even know what to say about it. That's some fucking... You know what? I'm gonna move on. Okay. Then we have our fourth match of the night. Red Velvet's out there. She's got Brandy with her. Uh. Nyla comes out. She's got Vicky Guerrero. Hey, you know what? I just want to look at the silver lining on this shit Sunday here of these past two segments. I don't think they mentioned AEW heels tonight. <gasps> Maybe it did. Did they? Let us know in the comments Maybe below. Maybe it did. I don't even know. So Nyla beats the hell out of Red Velvet. She does a thing where she looks like she's going to pin her, but she pulls her back up to beat on her some more. And I just want to say, Nyla should have never lost the belt. I agree. Can you imagine now? She would be like, what, 200 or 300 days into her reign as like the beast of AEW that can't be beat? Like, that's something, I don't know, you could maybe make a storyline or a program out of? I agree. I agree with you because... Sheeta has been an absolute flop. <laughs> I don't even know how much of that is Sheeta's fault, but I yeah, I don't even know. Clearly AEW had a plan for the women's division when this all started. Clearly they thought they were going to call over all sorts of Japanese wrestlers and they were going to build it with that. That didn't happen for whatever fucking reason. And it's just been a turd since. 
But that's why I don't think they ever should have taken off Nyla. Nyla is great, and she puts on a great match. Why did they ever take the belt off her? So, Vicky gets the microphone. She uh, goes over to Brandy and calls her the chief bullshit officer. Not wrong. And then she goes over to Sheeta and tells her she's going to get her bro- bleh, bones broken Saturday. And then she screams something at her. And I didn't know what the fuck that was supposed to be. Sumimasen! Turns out Sumimasen, which is excuse me in Japanese. Vicky did a little bit of a racism. But, <laughs> okay. Minor racism. Racism of the third degree. I'm going to pretend she was just mocking Sheeta's voice. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I don't know who taught her <laughs> that word. But I couldn't understand what it was. Oh, Sumimasen, boss. And don't come at me if I say it wrong, because I can barely speak English correctly, so. Same. I don't know how my pronunciation is, but, yeah. Any hoozle. So, there's that. Hey, stop moving that. And then, okay, so we have a Kenny Hangman build-up video for Saturday. Cinderella! They play... Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. By Cinderella. While showing clips of them as a tag team. And I have to say, like, immediately surface level, I very much enjoyed this. But if I thought about it for longer than one second, I did think it was super goofy. But how I reconciled that with myself is I told myself that Hangman personally put this video together. Can't confirm I, that. I can't confirm that, but if I if that's the story in my head, then I think it's hilarious and I love it. I guarantee you that this moved some men to tears. No, it didn't. Those men might have looked like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but I believe that happened in my heart of hearts. So then they talk. It about... was effective. Can we agree? Effective for what? I, I just think I it, just don't want anything else goofy associated with Kenny. But if I just tell myself, "Oh, Hangman did it because he misses Kenny," then it's funny because it, it works with Hangman's character, but not with Kenny. So that's why, if I think about it, I'm like, "Eh." Oh, I think. Did, but I did enjoy it. Did I feel we, conflicted about it. Did we talk about the Butcher Blade Alley thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like two minutes ago. I'm just saying that because I am. Not happy with this. Okay, why are you bringing it back up? Alright, let's move on. Do you have something else to say about it? No, I missed my shot. Let's keep going. Okay. So, after that... Oh, they were talking about matches coming up on Saturday and next week. And Serena Deeb is going to be fighting Allison K in the buy-in. And I think that's good. Please poach... Poach any female wrestlers that are out there that you can get, please. Can I ask you something? What? Why is the NWA title being given a better fucking match, a better fucking build-up than the goddamn AEW women's title? First of all, what build-up are you talking about other than the fact that it was mentioned offhand in a video package? Because it's, it's a cool match. It's like instantly, it's like, oh... These two could fucking yeah, it's a cooler put on a match, great match, but it hasn't been given more build or a better well, what, spot. Well, what I, I mean, honestly, the women's match. What was the is match? actually on the pay per view? Yeah, but what was the fucking build for the Sheeta Nyla match? Like it was like a twenty second. It segment. was 
Yeah, but that's more than this match got. This just got an offhand mention. So I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I don't know. I just think that they're doing a horrible job, and then they've got, like, the second women's title. Where have you been? They've been doing a horrible job. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so if they could poach anybody, get any free agents for the women's division, please do. Then we see a Darby Allen video where Darby hits a man in a Cody mask with a car. And he's sitting up in the stands when they when they come back to uh, the the area. What's the area? The the live thing. Uh, <laughs> Darby is up in the stands like Sting used to do, and I'm just like, oh please let Sting be showing up Saturday. Part I hope me, that's like a hint. Part of me thinks that they want to do that, and that's the plan. I wonder if they're gonna wait to do that till the crowds come back. They ain't ever coming back, baby. Plus, they have a crowd. There were a thousand people there. Hmm. That's a big crowd now. That's fair. So, we get to the last match also, of the night. Also, wait. Before we get to that, I just want to make a point here. Why with the red velvet... Did we go over this? Yeah, we already moved on. Why are they setting up Brandy into a feud... With the women's champion. They might be. They might not be. It was just a comment. I'm hoping it was just a Vicky Guerrero making <sighs> a comment. And I, I got hope a bad that wasn't. Feeling. I got a bad feeling too. And I don't even want you to voice that curse. Don't speak that us. evil, Satan. Don't speak that evil. Brandy Rhodes will be the women's champion by revolution. Okay. <sighs> That's my prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. So we get to the last match of the night. Oh, I got it. We got four. Mm. It was John Silver. We got Colt Cabana. And we got ten from the Dark Order. Versus the fucking Gun Club. Who's apparently in the Nightmare Family now. And Cody. And I don't know if this was a burn. But they mentioned the Gun Club is 9-0. and And Jerrica makes a comment about how, yeah, they do a lot of work on Dark. And I was like, ooh, is that a burn? See, just when I'm ready to shit on Jericho for the goofiness and for being a Trump supporter, he brings me back with shit like this. (laughs) Because, yeah, that's what it is. They did a lot of work on Dark. And why are we in 2020 and Billy Gunn and his fucking goofy-ass son are in the main event of not only a dynamite, but the go-home show. Yeah, I can't believe this is the main event. For full gear! Yeah, so I didn't make any notes about the match. I just wrote, Austin gets the pin after his move, the quick draw. And, uh... Shit, you wrote down the name. Yeah, I did. Bless your heart. And, uh... Dark Order comes out... And Silver grabs a chair. Orange Cassidy comes out to stop him because I guess they have a match Saturday. I can't remember why. <laughs> Don't I can't remember why for the life of me. I like them both. I do too. I like them both, but I can't remember why they have a match. Johnny Hungy? And then, uh, Johnny Hungy. And then Cody decides to talk to Big Cody. Big mistake. Yeah, he's like... Like, what is Cody even trying to do? Is he trying to be a heel? Is he trying to be a face? Is I he... don't even know. 
But he talks, at one point he's talking about how he, like, <sighs> left the Empire to build a kingdom. And I thought, if this man sucks his own dick any harder, he's going to implode into an alternate dimension. Can I just say, I wish I could suck my dick like Cody does. Because you know what? <laughs> I would, I would never leave the house. Right. I would never leave the fucking house. <laughs> that didn't come out right. I know what you were going. I for. would. I mean, I would. The I wording would, was incorrect. I would definitely yeah. be a spitter, but I would absolutely never leave the house. You really had to go there on our podcast like that. I went there. Tell. Did anyway, you think I needed to go there? Let us know in the comments. Doesn't below. matter. He <laughs> he shits on on Darby up in the stands, and uh. And he calls his belt the fucking ace belt. And here is, other than the women's division, my number one problem in AEW. This is the TNT belt. It is not the world championship. Not only do you have your TNT champion calling it the ace belt, calling himself the prince of professional wrestling, coming out... To fucking pay-per-view Triple H level entrances. Every oh my fucking god, I lost week. I lost my train of thoughts. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But like and the TNT this your TNT champ is closing out your go home show main eventing before the pay-per-view. We had a promo for the fucking ages, we had a promo that rivaled Austin 316. I know. And, I, and, oh. and you close on Cody Rhodes wanting to be triple fucking H. I, you know what? I'm sorry, Cody. I'm sorry that he mentioned, he mentioned WWE again. And it's like, you know what? Move I, on. Yeah. You wanted to be Triple H. They already fucking had one. So you started your own company. And guess what? You're doing the same shit he did to you. You're fucking giving yourself a hundred different fucking nicknames you haven't goddamn earned. Mm-hmm. And you're putting yourself over at the expense of better, more deserving, more talented performers. It's outrageous and you've even got the fucking avaricious wife next to you so how are you any better asshole you fucking putts <laughs> all right that was your rent that was your rent for your night piece of I'm fucking just, shit i'm just so mad that the world championship isn't being seen as the most important thing and then when i pictured like if they had rearranged a show so Eddie Kingston and John Moxley had been the end piece. What a beautiful chef's kiss ending go might, home for the pay-per-view. We would have had the fourth Ugh. ever four chef's kiss. Oh my god. If it was like the ended and then afterwards it just like went to black. That would have been so insane. But instead we got a fucking match. We got a match with fucking Austin Gunn winning. And then we have Cody saying how great he is, pretty much calling Darby entitled, and then saying he's got the ace belt in the company. You have a cosplay belt you had made for yourself. You are a pe- 
Well, Tony I don't... Khan. I know I've I know I've called Tony Khan a coward, but Tony <laughs> Khan must be a coward because he needs to come get his man Cody because Cody fucking drunk. Put Cody on a leash. Put Cody on a leash because he <laughs> is single handedly devaluing your world championship. And that's right what now, I'm really mad about. Right now, your two world championship people. picture feud <laughs> people, blah, 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 they are so good. And you let this egotistical fucking self-conscious Oh, I'm just so mad. Yeah. Like, I'm livid. Yeah, I mean, like, you just pure hate Cody. No, and you know, it's not even that. It's just, this is just so clearly... Sad. Yeah, you're burying your own world title after a promo for the ages, a build for the ages. If you had ended this episode of Dynamite on the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley promo, the buy rate for full gear, I don't know what it's going to be, but it would have been magnitudes higher if you had ended on that. Instead, you end on Cody jerking himself off again. They let Dynamite fizzle out. I am that show fizzled so out. tired of this. I am tired of Cody thinking he's the guy. He's not. Yeah. He'll never be the guy. You can't make yourself the guy. It doesn't If work. you're the guy, you don't have to fucking tell everyone how great you are all the time. They would know. You don't have to tell people you're the prince of pro wrestling. They'll bestow that on you, asshole. Alright, we're done. Oh. We're done now. Why? Because you're getting out of control. No, I'm just upset because... Can't you understand why I'm upset about this? I was, I've just been slightly upset about AEW in general lately because I... There's so much good stuff in AEW, but I feel like lately they've just been doing some things where it actually, like, makes me kind of embarrassed to be a professional wrestling fan. I was going to say, you were saying that to me. Yeah. And then... When the Moxley Kingston stuff happened, you were like, oh, oh, now I remember why I fucking like this shit. Yeah. And then Cody comes out to bring you down like a fucking... <laughs> All right, you've hated on him enough. All right, let's do our studs and duds. I'm going to say the stud of the night <sighs> is Eddie Kingston. I'm going to tie the stud and dud of the night. The stud of the night is a duel... It's John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I say it's just Eddie Kingston. I feel like you got to pick one. Fine, it's Eddie Kingston. I say it's what... Eddie Kingston because he brings out the best in Moxley. What a fucking gem. The dud of... Wait, we didn't talk... Who's the fucking dud of the night? I know... <sighs> Can we be clear that if I hadn't made my stipulation tonight, it absolutely would have been Cody. I'm going to make the dud of the night the gun club. <laughs> Even though they won the match. And especially because they won the match. 
Why are they in the main event of a television show? The gun. Oh no! I want to pick a new dud. Who? I think it's Miro. All right. Well, we disagree on the dud of the night. All right. It doesn't matter. That's None the end matters. of the show. That was dynamite. We have full gear this Saturday, so we'll be doing a show after that. Right? We will be. We will. Okay, so that's the end of the show. Comment, like, subscribe, listen. If you have friends who like professional wrestling podcasts, send it to them. Alright, turn the shit off. Alright. Turn the shit off. But for uh, correct opinions on wrestling, I'm George. I'm Melissa. We'll see you on Sunday.